0: After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Wine. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey,
1: everybody, welcome to another edition of After These Messages. This is the podcast. Where we talk about TV commercials We love them here We talk about the best ones, we talk about the worst ones And we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this You still have two cheese wishes left My name is Andrew Walsh, I'm here with Genevieve Haz We are your co-hosts Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew uh, Coming up today on the show uh, This was a listener-suggested topic And I love it We're calling it Failure is an Option We're going to be looking at commercials for products that... Uh, couldn't stand the test of time. Yeah, thanks to listener Nick uh, for the idea. For suggesting that one. It's a good one. We have a lot of stuff to... We're going to be, you know... Think of... Whatever happened to Zima? That's kind of a good example of one.
2: Where Whatever happened to Zune? I can't even get it updated. It <laughs> <the>, My, my <laughs> Zoom updated anymore.
1: We, we're going to cover all the products from Zima to Zune. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, on uh, ATM Today. Plus, our newest installment of commercials in the news. I have an update on a story here that I uh, swore... I was not going to cover anymore on this show. And I specifically got into an argument with you, Genevieve, saying that it doesn't belong in the commercials and the news segment this week. I'm totally backtracking on it. I'll explain why. I blame
2: the liberal media.
1: I blame society. Um, and, of course, we're going to check in with you guys, the uh, Ad Council, and uh, later on we'll solidify our plans for our first Facebook Live broadcast, which we are going to do this weekend, Yes, 1 p.m. Pacific time, yep. 4 p.m. Eastern, don't know Mountain. Don't know Central.
2: It, the math isn't hard, you but... You
1: can probably figure it out. Use yeah. the Googles. Um, and we will be watching uh, probably about four to six commercial breaks, full commercial breaks that we just record at a random time. And uh, I hope you guys all join us for that. What you do, to, if you want to check it out, is you go to our new Facebook group. This is the the group where everybody is uh, kind of uh, chatting it up and mixing it up. We're going to be, I guess, kind of... Should we sunset the old... The old uh, page i think it's time page. we're getting
2: a couple new views a week but I, I think they're probably uh just people lost and looking for you know yeah. something else
1: by um, having a page in a group i feel like we're confusing yeah things i a agree bit. so we,
2: we're probably going to sunset the the old page um after a while so if there's and we're not going to migrate all the content over because you got we don't get paid enough or at all to do mm-hmm. that so um I, I'm gonna, I am going to I'm going to sunset the the original page. Um oh and to to viewers to to members of the group my, our apologies we are oh, yeah, dumb and are not good at internet and I think we we had the settings wrong and we're allowing basically any Anyone who signed up for the group, it popped. It probably prop- popped up in all of your news feeds if you were already a member of the group. Um, so we had
1: like probably at this point like three hundred people asking, "Hey, can I join the group?" And there's a chance that every single one of you got that. Yeah, that was message. unintentional. Um, if that was the case. So sorry. sorry. We,
2: we fixed the setting. If you if you ask to be a member of the group, you'll be approved. There's no question about approving it. It just um it won't. Now now other members of the group will not be able to approve it. Andrew and I will have to do that. Yeah, this. let me
1: know, by the way. Can somebody confirm or deny that that was yeah, happening? Yeah, we're I'm super curious. bad at internet. Yeah, anyway, it's called cyber views. <laughs> hey, one last uh, piece of business here that I'm super excited about. This is another listener suggestion for a a show that we should do in the future that i definitely want to do maybe next week if we get enough um enough content from you guys enough ideas from you guys uh this was a uh, listener Tierra's idea she by the way is a baltimore ravens fan um don't hold that against her she does have some decent com- ideas from time to time uh and uh, you know maybe she won't be a, a ravens fan forever uh anyway she had an idea how about you have people write in and talk about how ads worked on them, like convince them to buy something they normally wouldn't. For me, it was Arby's Pork Belly Sandwich, which turned out to be grizzly and ew. That was the note I got from TR. I love that. So if you guys uh, wanna post, maybe we can start a thread on the Facebook page. Yeah. We'll do that after the show today. Weigh in there. You can also email us at uh after these messages show at gmail.com and let us know, was there any was there any commercial that actually changed your mind or really pushed you over the edge to try a product? And how did that work out? Yeah. Are, are you a fan forever? Was it a mistake? Was it grizzly and ew Let us know. All right. Uh, That was a lot of business at the top. Don't do that often. But uh, let's get into this. Failure is an option. Man, if you're my age and you had MTV in the 90s. When you hear this song, you don't just think about the iconic video, you think about the way this song and the video were both kind of repurposed to sell a product that is no longer with us. Genevieve.
2: Crystal Pepsi.
1: Crystal Pepsi. Now, quick little background around it. That is, of course, Van Halen singing their song uh, right now. And the original video, I mean, it was so Van Halen 90s. circa Hagar yes exactly yeah um and this video was so 90s the i'm talking about the original van halen video for that it was a bunch of just like kind of i don't know what i don't want to say stock footage of things but it was just like a bunch of kind of images it was not like the band rocking out on a stage yeah, or something it, it, it was, was actually
2: of, kind of it was innovative as a video as a music video it was it got a it was very popular it was i i think it it did become kind of iconic Um uh, and it was sort of a a, a it sort of predated or or predicted the um the rise of like uh, icon or, um kinetic typography yeah, you see a this good, a good lot call, now yeah. where there's like a lot of like words just moving around the page and the words are sort of in their movement and and what their content is doing a lot of the work of telling you the story of whatever you're watching and this was kind of an early version of that where they would have images and just over the images uh the there would be some sort of like ironic statement about it. would say
1: like right now, here's a couple of examples. Like right now people are having unprotected sex. It would say right now, someone is working too hard for minimum wage. There were other ones. I think like right now,
2: do you know, I still remember one of them vividly. It was a, a, the image was of a stick figure, uh, pushing another stick figure Hmm. over. Like someone knelt down behind one stick figure and then somebody like pushed the stick figure and they fell over, you know, how that'll happen if you push someone over and the right now our country is doing things to people that we think only other countries do to people. Oh yeah, I like, I remember. oh yeah,
1: that's some truth. That's a truth bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, I actually only remember because I rewatched the video the other day. Um, I haven't seen so it in 20 years. It's so cringeworthy now. Yes. Like one is right now, God is killing mom's, and pet dogs because he has to.
2: Right. Oh man. Oh
1: man. Truth bomb. Truth bomb. Okay. So anyway, there we are. Let's well, call this
2: episode "Truth Bomb."
1: <laughs> I want to call it uh, "Failure as an Option," um, or "Failure to Launch." And eh, no, that's not good. <laughs> anyway, um, so Pepsi created a, a product called Crystal Pepsi in the '90s. I think most people know that it was just re-released um, this summer. As a matter of fact, as a quick little short-lived gimmick. And as a matter of fact, Vives, you came home about an hour ago and I was kind of cranky. The reason I'm cranky is I just spent 90 minutes driving using... the, the cybers on my phone to look up all the places Crystal Pepsi are supposed to be sold in this area and going from grocery store to grocery store looking for Crystal Pepsi. I was going to do a taste test of Crystal Pepsi on the air with you. Uh, I was so excited about it. I haven't had that since like 1992 or whenever it was out. Did
2: you have it back when it was out?
1: Yes, I liked it. Really? Yes, I remember because that's uh, – I remember it tasted, it tasted a little bit cl- cloveier, like a clove mm. than regular um, – than a regular cola, but mostly it tastes like a cola. I just loved the idea of it, and so today I just spent my entire afternoon just going from grocery store to grocery store to ever bigger grocery stores. By the way, a tiny QFC to a big Safeway, and then I went to a Fred Meyer, which apparently I'd never been to. Or Fred Meyer's. Mm-hmm. those things are huge; they're like a Walmart.
2: Yeah, they're huge. There's um,
1: nothing, nothing doing. I had them. So I had them call the. the I had call somebody. People were checking it out. But there is
2: supposed to be Crystal Pepsi out in the market yeah, now. Yeah, it, it
1: came back in August of this year. I believe it was late August. Now, keep in mind, it's only early October, so it must have been a very, very limited thing that they just did for and two months or something. And you physically went to
2: all of these grocery stores. Yes,
1: and by the way, I mean there is a like I found a Pepsi product tracker on the cyber that um it doesn't just say hey check out a qfc or check out a a safeway it says specifically go to the you type in your thing i could have told you
2: that wouldn't work because i've been there's the halo ice cream which is like this like low calorie ice cream that's sort of buzzy right now has the same thing if you go to their website it says like find the nearest vendor of halo ice cream yeah yeah no it's not accurate
1: yeah there's some guy with a, a young man with a waxed mustache uh, did his best to help me at the Fred Meyer find this, but no can do. Um, anyway, so now we've explained, I don't
2: think I ever had crystal Pepsi when it was new. Yeah.
1: Now we've explained what a Van Halen video is and what crystal Pepsi is. I wasn't
2: allowed to have a lot of soda. And so I wasn't going to waste my few soda chips or, you know, my, my soda vouchers on, you know, some
1: untested product. Mm. So you just stick with Coke all the time. Generally. I mean, you grew up in Georgia, too. That's Coke country. hmm um, Yeah, I don't
2: like any Pepsi. I turned out an RC Cola at a restaurant yesterday.
1: Oh, that's right. That was weird. Why? Because the, you ordered a, a Coke, and she said, we have RC Cola, and you said, never mind. Yeah. I mean, it's not that big of a difference.
2: It doesn't taste the same. And
1: then what happened? Dear listener, I ordered the RC Cola, and then Genevieve drank mine. I and had a few you rip, sips. You ripped off the restaurant because it was free refills. I had sips. I ordered a coffee of my own. Um, I really want to come back to this really quickly. You're the one who said we got to keep it to an hour today, I know. And, uh, and 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 I, I need to bring it back to commercials. That's why people come here. By the way, it is six. 39, I, be, I believe we've been recording for about nine minutes now. We need to be done by 7.30. You to okay. stay on okay. track. Um, so this the reason we're talking about um, the uh, Van Halen is they took not just that song right now, but also the imagery and made these Crystal Pepsi commercials. They were basically just like remakes of the video, only they had different words and phrases and imagery. So I'm going to hit play on this again, and uh, we can uh, tell the folks what the... There's a baby. Right now, nature's inventing better stuff than science. Right now, the future's one step ahead of you.
2: Right now, computers still can't laugh.
1: Hey! Hollywood! Right now, artificial doesn't feel right.
2: Right now, only wildlife needs
1: preservatives. Whoa, Whoa. right now. Right now, we'll do just fine without what? Caffeine. Caffeine.
2: So I guess this was a caffeine-free beverage.
1: Right now, you're wondering why you can't. Right now, we're going to make it clear... I can't keep up with the words. Right now, we're
2: wondering why you're wondering why you're wondering why you can't see anything. And it's because oh. you're looking at Crystal Pepsi and all its crystal glory.
1: Introducing Crystal Pepsi. This makes me want a Crystal Pepsi even more. This is why I'm in a bad mood. Right now, change is loose on the planet. But it was awesome because it was like actual cha- pocket change, but they sprinkled it on a globe.
2: How do they think of these things?
1: So, right now, someone just got a taste of the future. And guess what? It was a shirtless man on a bench.
2: So, I want to talk about this commercial. I know we do have to move on here, but... Crystal Pepsi was basically a total flop in the marketplace. It's famously a flop. It's like when you you can't find a ten a top ten list of failed products with that doesn't have Crystal Pepsi on it.
1: There's um, one that's even more iconic, but we'll get to that one in a second.
2: So that was a pretty compelling ad campaign. I mean, we look at it now through a somewhat of a jaundiced eye, uh, looking back, and it feels very dated. But I remember, you know, in the moment, it felt like. Uh, you know, sort of hip and timely And it was, it was on It was hitched its wagon to like a really popular song Speaking of popular songs Used to uh, iconic effect
1: for products Yeah, we did a whole show on that And we didn't include this
2: So why did it, why did it fail?
1: I don't know. I mean, it was just a
2: bad product,
1: right? By the way, I guess, by the way, I threw out, 90, I said I haven't had that since 1992. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page now. It was sold from 1992 to 1993. So, how right was I uh, with uh, brief re releases in 2015 for Canada, I believe, and 2016 for the United States? So, uh, let's see. Why did it fail? Pepsi um, Clear was uh, something that I tried to bring back in 2005. I'm not sure.
2: I think it just wasn't, it just didn't like appeal to people. I actually think that it was not the marketing in the sense of the commercial, but the marketing in terms of the packaging, Mm. Uh, you know, you notice Sprite, which is a clear and seven up, which are both clear sodas are not marketed in clear bottles. They're marketed in green bottles. Um, and, there's been a lot of evidence and a lot of uh, research to show that uh, look or, or the, like the visual mm-hmm. of a soda or any food that you're eating actually has a lot to do with how you perceive its taste. For instance, they've had people taste the same flavor, but they color it differently. Like they'll color it red or they'll color it you know, clear or they'll color it brown or blue or whatever. And the color really impacts the, th- the way you think it tastes like, oh, the red one tastes like cherry, but it's the same flavor. And I think that a, a, the white bottle or the clear bottle with the clear soda just signaled to people either not flavorful enough or, like, water or it was a disturbing juxtaposition with, an, with a cola flavor. I just think, like, people's brains
1: weren't ready for it and probably never will be. See, I, I am the complete opposite. I'm not saying that you're wrong as far as what people like, but I am the complete opposite. Today, I'm going around looking for a Crystal Pepsi And by the way, I think Crystal Pepsi was also sold in cans, which I thought was funny as a kid. Because so many people, if you have a can of soda, you're probably not pouring it out. You don't even know what color it is in there. Um, But today, like, I kept on seeing – I was so fixated on the idea of having a Crystal Pepsi that – I kept on seeing this bottle of Sprite, but it was like, I think, sugar-free Sprite. And so most Sprites are sold in green see-through plastic bottles, but they have a sugar-free or caffeine-free version now that is in a totally it's the clear. Yeah. It's a sugar-free version. And that looks so much more appetizing to me. I almost bought so many different kinds of just like clear sodas today that were sold in clear bottles. Like I would buy so much more Sprite if it was sold in a clear bottle as opposed to a green bottle. The idea of a clear cola is disgusting to me. I liked clearly Canadian. sting to you? It's just carbonated sugar water. I don't get it. I love... See, today it I was getting excited about all the different Mountain Dew stuff they do. I just think it's fun. Like, why not? It's just a bunch of artificial Look, shit anyway. Intellectually,
2: do I know that it is all just a bunch of artificial chemicals? Yes. And do I also know that a cola, that brown cola, is not brown because nature makes cola brown? <laughs> right. But it's about expectation. And I mean, a clearly Canadian, or even a Sprite that's poured into a glass and is therefore mm-hmm. clear... It's fruit flavored, and that to to my brain signals clear is okay. The idea of a clear cola is not pleasant
1: if anybody in the Seattle area, by the way, just make this more self serving if I can if anybody in the Seattle area knows a place where I can run in that's right. I went to an a m p m must have gone to at least four different stores um if you if you have a local bodega or something like that that sells it, let me know. I will drive to whatever neighborhood in the greater Seattle area to get myself a Crystal Pepsi. I'd love for you to try it, Vince. I can't believe you haven't tried it. Um, really quickly here to follow up on why it failed. This is reading from Wikipedia. In its first year, Crystal Pepsi captured a full percentage point of the U.S. soft drink sales, approximately four hundred and seventy-four million. Coca-Cola followed suit by launching Tab Clear on December fourteenth, 1992. Initial sales were good, but then quickly fell. By 1993, by the fall of 1993, Pepsi pulled the drink off the market, and the final batches were delivered to retailers during the first few months of 1994. Uh, Pepsi returned several months later with a reformulated citrus-Cola hybrid called crystal from pepsi but that was short-lived as well so there you go i mean it doesn't explain why but uh but it, it kind of gives you a little bit more of a timeline about any, what happened any uh,
2: MBA uh holders or marketing majors out there uh, enlighten us
1: do you want me to read you from the wikipedia page about right now the van halen song or should i just close I think, that tab? i think we
2: got to close that tab. okay
1: let's move on you know genevieve I saw you lighting up that cigarette a second ago, and I'd like to just tell you, I ordered a Zima, not an emphysema.
0: So she <laughs> stared deep into my eyes and said, hi. Nice hat.
1: Nice arm. I replied zwaveledly just
0: to break the ice. What are you drinking? Zima. Zima. Uh, what is that? A beer? No, nah, it's not like beer. Is see? No, it's Wine cooler? No.
1: Okay, I'm going to pause this. I might even start it back over because the audio is so awful. But Zima was a, uh, like a... Alternative to beer that they tried to do around the same time as Crystal Pepsi. We as the Generation X were obsessed with clear beverages. So Zima was like a malt-based beverage. Yeah. It came in twelve-ounce bottles like beer, but they were clear. Mm-hmm. Again, like to- not like tinted green or whatever. They were totally clear. I remember the feel. I loved Zima. I remember those bottles. Ew, how very were well. you old
2: enough? To- how were you drinking a lot of Zima? I
1: had my ways. <laughs> and by the, they still had Zima around when I was in college. I remember drinking oh, really? Zima in college, but I also remember drinking it. A- high school parties i'm assuming my parents aren't I, listening it's
2: funny like the zima you know it it's such a failure but really it was a harbinger of you know the mics like the all the hard lemonades and hard yeah
1: you're absolutely you know, right
2: based drinks you have now
1: zima kind of it seemed pretty popular there for a while again a very kind of a, a sh- kind of a, a generational thing i think a little blip but then that stuff went away for a long time but then you're right. Ten years later, what like, do you got? You got all Schmiered the off ice. Geez? except right. Yeah, yeah. I, what, didn't the bros used to ice each other? Bros oh. are icing bros, <laughs> yes. So the ad campaign, though, let's get back to this ad campaign. They were um, – there's a whole series of ads that were – hosted by or featuring this guy who you hear him talking there. And by the way, the one gimmick He's is
2: dressed up like Harpo Marks, by the way, so,
1: so you know what I, I don't know if you saw my notes. I say he is like this, this, very specifically 90s guy i said he's well, this is kind of an 80s reference so like a combination of mike damone from fast times at richmond high and joey from degrassi junior high and anybody else who would wear kind of like who would overdress a little bit and wear like an old-timey hat yeah. but in a 90s way the suit that's Matter too fact, big let's the go back to too this wide.
2: what was with men in the these wide white wide-shouldered white suits of the 90s uh
1: why, why don't you ask um uh quantum leap isn't that didn't
2: uh i guess that's kind of al's look
1: that's kind of al's look and i'll bet you a million bucks i'm going back now did he button his top button on his shirt this guy in this commercial yes he did this guy is like and it's he's a little bit sleazy and of course as you hear he replaces this It's really clever s's with z's and everything i'm gonna go back to the beginning of this and uh it's always like this sort of, again, I just want to say kind of iconic 90s scene that he's either like a part of, as in this, him just talking to a woman in a club, but sometimes he's just kind of like apart from it and he's talking to the camera while everybody else is just being like... 20-somethings in the 90s, like there's a barbecue one where he's like flipping a burger and talking to you, replacing S's with Z's, and all these Gen Xers are just kind of like having fun, hacky-sacking, drinking Zima or whatever. In this one, though, he is uh, talking to this woman at a bar, and now that I've given you the setup for it, if you don't mind, I just want you to go back and really appreciate this commercial now that you know what's going on.
0: So she stared deep into my eyes and said, hi.
1: So he's kind of telling us the story and reliving it at the same time.
0: So she stared deep into my eyes and said, Hi. Nice hat. Nice arm, I replied, suavely, just to break the ice. What are you drinking? Zima. Zima. What is that? A beer? No, it's not like beer. Z, no duds. Wine cooler? No. Leave for yourself. Zau. Disarming taste. Yet somewhat sophisticated. sophisticated. She
1: smiled subtly at me and said, Say, hey, what's your zine? Zau. That commercial, man, I'm kind of obsessed with it. Maybe you could tell because I, so I restarted it three times, isn't it?
2: It's really awful.
1: It's really awful. Do you remember that? No,
2: I remember that guy. I remember their spokesman. I don't remember that specific ad.
1: I had forgotten about those ads completely, and then I saw it, and it just all came rushing back, um, just like a flood of memories. So, anyway, Zima no longer around. I assume that Zima will maybe make a like a short Crystal Pepsi it seems like it's point. due if it
2: hasn't already it seems like it's due for an ironic reboot god all i seriously all i honestly I want, think they just took the vats of it imported into smirnoff ice bottles
1: zats the zats of it um honestly this commercial just makes me i i know just replacing the v with the z i don't know i'm getting punchy um but, yeah, I really want both of those beverages right now. That would be perfect. If we could just, like, stop this podcast, like, when we finish this podcast, go in the other room and drink some Crystal Pepsi and Zima, that would be the perfect end to my night.
2: Sounds like a sorority
1: party. Sounds like a sorority party. Sorority party. All right. Um, I'll stop doing that now. Do you want to talk about the whole new Coke, Coke classic thing? Do you want to set this up?
2: Sure. I was living in Atlanta when this, uh, when this oh, happened. Yeah. So it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry you you did the research on this so I don't have all the facts and figures in front of me but um uh do you remember what year it was?
1: Uh yeah so actually can I read a little all my research is is wikipedia based I actually had this bookmark let me just uh, read a little bit from there so um this was back in 1985 Coke was starting to lose the Cola Wars a little bit with the blind taste testings. It was losing a lot of share to Pepsi, and so they decided. Even though, like we, we know this now, we know it because of this this uh, case in point. Um, Coke. Decided to change their formula, which is just like you would never do that these days if you have an iconic formula. The, right. it the would be herbs like, and spices it of would be KFC, like KFC, changing the or herbs, whatever. And it's just like that's yeah. what you built your entire brand on. But Coke is starting to get intimidated by the Pepsi sales. Pepsi's a little bit sweeter than Coke, and in, in, in the uh, 80s, people are being attracted to that or being drawn to that. And so Coke decides that they're going to create something called new coke uh i think uh, let's see here it came out in 1985 um I guess it didn't originally have... It wasn't officially called New Coke. It was just called Coke. And as, it a, as opposed little, to
2: Coca-Cola. Right. Oh, that's they right. They changed their logo yes. from the famous scripted Coca-Cola right. to a, a block ca- or block letters, uh, new different font that just said Coke. And they were capitalizing or they were trying to capitalize on the way people talk about it co- colloquially, mm-hmm. right? right? That we, everybody give me a Coke.
1: Can I, go, can I have a Coca-Cola, please? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Nobody would say that.
2: Um, and they were. They were trying to sort of uh, cap- recapture some of that market that had been lost to a sweeter the sweeter formulated pepsi mm-hmm. um but it was like the apocalypse i mean every it was it it was taught my dad i was living i was you know a little kid when that was when that happened i would have been let's see what 85 uh like eight you know yeah uh and so i was a kid and i was like i remember being in the car with my dad and he would have like talk radio on and it was just <laughs> yeah. like the only thing that you know, uh, talk radio wanted to talk. The news talk radio was was talking about.
1: How wonderful would it would be in 2016 if we just during, especially during this election cycle, if we just turned on the radio and people were just arguing about Coke. Oh God, it would be a blessed relief. So to um, they obviously they had a whole ad campaign and the commercial that I picked for our show to illustrate it was a new Coke ad featuring none other than. New edition.
0: Right, we're new edition. We're here to introduce the great new taste of Coca-Cola. The taste of today. Yeah, Coke is it. Come on, check it out now. It's got a new The
1: Pretty good, right? Like, yeah. they kind of keep the Coke is it thing. Um, I'm
2: into the ad. Yeah,
1: the, the ad is good and not... They're, they're It's
2: very dated, of it's course. It's very dated.
1: They, they're trying to introduce something new, but they're also not belaboring it. You can tell that they're not trying to, like, belabor it too much so that people will feel like it's oh it's a big risk to buy coke now right. what am i getting into it's just like but and i i think we can just transition pretty quickly the sh- here the
2: shocking thing about new coke and the reason it was such a big news topic was that they didn't introduce a different like an additional mm-hmm. soda at first right they said we are getting rid of this time-tested beloved storied product coca-cola and we have a new formula. I mean, it really was as if they threw out eleven herbs and spices, mm-hmm. and that was what made it, in some ways, a market a, a move of marketing genius. Even though it was a huge failure, and I will get to it in a minute to why I, I am not sure that it was a huge marketing failure, um, but in terms of like what the sort of the the the, the textual narrative was like, we're going to take this huge risk. We're going to throw out the you know the tried and true coca-cola and we're going with a whole new direction this is your coke now
1: so keep in mind that commercial i just played from you was from 1985 when new coke launches or just coke launches months later yeah in the hallowed year of 1985 we get this commercial featuring the ceo of coca-cola
0: i'm don keogh president of the coca-cola company When we brought you the new taste of Coke, we knew that millions would prefer it, and millions do. And we knew that it would beat the taste of our major competitor, and it does. What we didn't know was how many thousands of you would phone and write asking us to bring back the classic taste of original Coca-Cola.
1: Well, we read and we listened. Can I just – I know I'm speaking of belaboring. I know I'm belaboring this, but like – I just want to travel back to 1985 so bad when I watch this. Like, all this weekend, what did we – we heard people giving mea culpa – mea culpas for saying that they want to sexually assault women and that person may end up being the president of the United States. And here we have this, like, very kind of – earnest. and by the way, he's doing a better apology ad than, than yes. the Trump one. Um, but, like, this earnest oh, Maya culpa – yeah. Uh, but saying This hey, is utter horseshit we are, we, And it sounds more believable We are right We were right Our instincts were right But we understand why We're sorry if we offended you I mean he's sitting in. It looks like a presidential office yeah. he? He's sitting behind a, a, a wooden desk And a leather chair With the uh, the new Coke sitting there And what he's about to introduce If you don't mind me just going back to this Is the, the solution so everybody can be happy
0: Bring back the classic taste of original Coca-Cola Well we read and we listened, and you know the rest. They're both yours, the
1: new taste of Coke and Coca-Cola Classic. Your right of choice is back. So there it is. That's the, that's, that's the beginning of the end for quote-unquote new Coke, and I believe what ends up happening is they have a product for a while called Coke Classic. Mm-hmm. I remember being a Coke Classic family. I feel like that must have gone on for years. I could be wrong. I'm just going by instinct. I feel like my family drank Coke Classic for a long time, and then eventually you just get rid of Coke or New Coke or right. Coke Two, and Coke Classic just became Coca Cola again, and now it's just back to the but original. But it was such formula. a
2: marketing; it was such a great strategy, right? Like, oh, we're gonna, oh, y- y- you know, they're gonna teach us a lesson in Coca Cola mm. appreciation,
1: right?
2: It's like when uh, when when Claudia runs away and the Mrs. Uh, the mix-up files. She's going to teach oh, them yeah. a lesson in Claudia yeah, appreciation. Right. Oh, we're right. going to take, take your Coke away, your Coca-Cola away, give you something that's you know, that has like a, a sheen or a, a, a some some narrative that we're using to say why we're doing it this way to compete with Pepsi. But actually it's just to remind you that like You'll be sad if we're not here to kick around anymore.
1: But you're not suggesting that they knew this was going to go down this I way. I am suggesting. You're it. suggesting that they knew it was going to be a huge, huge backlash. Because yes. I mean, this is still taught as a as a I bad know, example.
2: But I, I that's why I say that. I, I know I sound like a conspiracy theorist. But the, but what on what planet? Would Coca-Cola legitimately think that it was a good idea to do away with their like why didn't they, if they really wanted to compete with Pepsi with a new product, why didn't they why didn't they start with new Coke and Coke Classic? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Because they wanted the backlash. They wanted the outcry. Do you know how much free press they yeah, got?
1: Yeah. Well. It was I, brilliant. I, I think I, I honestly I, think that if there you're are right, that is I think
2: their executives at Coke who to this day are laughing up their sleeves. I, I would Why lo- would they
1: be laughing up their sleeves? To because, this day, though, why don't they still, just go public with it now? It's an amazing story.
2: Because uh, it looks cynical, it looks calculated, it looks disrespectful to the consumer.
1: Okay. Um, anyway, so so far we've only focused on beverages. Is mm-hmm. that correct? All right, should we should we move on to something else here? Now, I threw this one on the list. Did you even did you look into this one at all?
2: You know, I saw it on lists of of failed products. Um, I w- it's a product that I couldn't be happier to have seen fail. It was
1: one of the first ones I thought of Google Glass. Yes. Um, th- I mean, I don't have to explain what Google Glass. Did is. They do they ever do actual ads though? Well, oh, they did create real ads, but they were only, I believe, online. But they were like followed the formats of commercials, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to play one for you, which we're going to have to narrate because it's all just visual and and music. But they had a couple commercials I remembered um, and it was all just kind of like stories being told from the perspective of Google Glass recording everything. So it's like just these first person narratives. I remember one that maybe wasn't even a narrative. The very first... Kind of time I ever heard of Google Glass, I watched one of these commercials about it, and it was just like, you know, people recording their their google recording on their google glass while they're skydiving or doing all these adventurous things riding their bike which is adventurous where i come from um and that kind of stuff this commercial that i want to play for you was a real kind of uh tear-jerker kind of thing uh this buzzfeed article from uh 2014 says this new google glass ad will make you feel all the feels uh which i'm glad people stopped saying that now have they have people stopped saying feel the feels feel all the feels
2: I don't know. I, th- I think that one has a long tail
1: Okay, this one is called Seeds And it was a Google Glass uh, online commercial It's two and a half minutes long So what we see is Some guy packing a bag He's going on a journey And he's saying goodbye to presumably his wife His wife, by the way, gives him an envelope and says goodbye to him He is uh, getting in a taxi Heading to the airport uh, He's carry- We keep on seeing everything Keep in mind from the p- view of Google Glass All very first person um, Kind of shaky at times And he's always carrying this envelope with him He gets his boarding pass He gets a book just to read on the plane And uh, they spare no detail in this entire trip And every now and then They're not obsessed with the envelope But they keep showing the envelope Every now and then he fidgets with it It's a big manila envelope. Um, Let's see. Has he uh, he's uh, landing now or is he taking off? I don't know how airplanes work. Okay, he's landed and he has landed in some uh, major city in India. And uh, now he's trying to get around. He's taking what are they called? Petty cabs. And he's just trying to get around this very crowded city. He gets on a train now. And I'll give you a little spoiler. What we're seeing is, is him getting into more rural and rural parts of what I presume is India here. And now he's almost looks like he's riding a boxcar. Now he's out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, Vives, you're watching along. How How far into this are we? Okay, we're getting kind of close. Now he's in a very small village, but that's still too big of a village. Now he's getting in a little boat that's taking him to the very, very edge of society here. Or is he charging
2: up these glasses?
1: Yeah, right? I'm thinking of that, too. Now, he gets to a small little home somewhere in this little village, and we see a woman cooking in the kitchen, cleaning some dishes or something, and he taps her on the shoulder, and she turns around, and she looks like she's about to faint. This, presumably, is this guy's mom, and he just surprised her in her own home from half a world away. She's freaking out she's so excited to see him she makes some special food for him they're having a good time um, let's see they, they dish up sorry I'm going somewhere with this he pulls out the envelope and then he goes outside this is probably the next day I'm going to say his mom is outside she's uh, doing laundry hanging up some laundry so it can dry or whatever and we see him hand her the manila envelope and she opens it up and what's inside but an ultrasound and she starts kissing the photo, and she can't even take it. She can't even look at her boy, and we see that he is—he's uh, gonna have a baby, and that's how he decided to tell her. Did that get you?
2: Uh I mean, you know, it was a long way to go for like an okay payoff.
1: Were you talking about my re- presentation of a no? No, you're, <laughs> you did a nice job. No, I'm just you did a nice job joking. narrating it,
2: but like. I really don't like Google Glass. I don't understand how that tells me what the what's good about the product. It seems to tell me what's good about public transportation in India. <laughs> Do you want to sell me public transportation in India?
1: I mean, I think it's kind of interesting. I don't think it's necessarily good, but I think what they're doing here is you have Google Glass. You talk about this a like lot, Dave. You talk about
0: what
2: what features and functions is he using from Google Glass that right, helps him it's, with anything? All it is
1: is using the video thing, yeah. so he's capturing everything. Which you know, I guess that's what they're focusing on. But you often talk about when it comes to these tech companies, whether it's kind of Apple versus Microsoft, the idea of trying to appeal to people based on hey, look at the the gadgets involved here, the tools on whatever this phone. Right. Right. Feature
2: versus emotion.
1: Right. Versus emotion. This is clearly just an emotion one. Yes. All he's using is the video capture thing. That's the only thing they're showing off here. But, you know, these are web only things. They want them to go viral. They want it to tell a story. They want you to, like, you know, pass it along and get emotional and kind of, you know, just kind of like play on that sense of, yes, life is precious. Life is very special and we should be recording it See, and I actually think celebrating. Google, Google it. does
2: a really nice job with a number of their other products, things like, um, uh, actually just Google the search engine, um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, like the voice, uh, voice command for Google. They have these great ads, you know, where they'll have a kid go- saying things like Google, um, you know, how many stars are in the sky? And then they learn this whole thing about, you know, uh, astronomy or whatever. Like, I've seen and I'm I'm sorry I'm not able to call call up exactly the products but you know they're, they're I know what you're talking about. They're advertising about. the search engine yeah. they're advertising some of the features of the search engine. That to me is good. It's it's an emotional connection but it it clearly connects the product with the emotional connection. This honestly adds nothing like I if you if you tuned in in the middle of this ad without seeing I don't even if even at the beginning I'm not sure you ever see I guess it says like story about like seeds in glass or something. Yeah, the
1: name of the story is but Seeds There's, by Glass. But because
2: particularly because you're seeing it from the user's point of view, you never see the product. Yeah. And so it feels completely disconnected t- to me from the product at all. I also really, really disliked Google Glass and the way they went about marketing it within sort of a beta testing group in, the, in Silicon Valley, where people were just... Being really rude assholes with their Google Glass, like turning it on, recording people unawares. It was just like a very unpleasant, sort of big brotherish. Uh, dystopic rollout of a product. So I think everything I think about glass and everything I think about their marketing is colored by that. Yeah.
1: By the way, if you want to know what kind of the, um, what the tagline is at the end is you see, you know, after the mom gets all emotional, goes to all black, and it says, capture your love. But then that word love starts being replaced by a whole bunch of other things. Like you you can capture your love, your wonder, your world, your passion, your fears, your journey, like all this stuff. So um, at the very end, that's how they kind of sell that how they pay it off. I, I understand your c- cynicism because these kinds of super emotional commercials, I totally agree that Google does them really well for some other things that are so much more rooted that when you see this, it's almost like you're only playing with my emotions without doing anything kind yeah. of more than that. Like, why couldn't this be why couldn't this be a commercial for a camcorder? Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, more public transportation in India. Well, let's move. Let's go to the other uh, other side of this. I think. I don't know. I want you to talk about um, the Microsoft Kin, yes. which is something I, which
2: I'm sure you all remember fondly.
1: I mean, should I get mine out for, no, the, for I, the two for the two minutes it was on shelves? I totally forgot this even existed until you reminded me the other day.
2: So a couple of years ago, I guess it sort of been around 2010. Um, my, I, uh, Microsoft was trying to get into the mobile phone business. They, they had a number of attempts at that, and uh, more or less all of them failed miserably until they finally bought Nokia and then ran that into the ground. Um, hopefully none of my former employers are listening to this. Um, at the time, I was working for uh, one of their marketing agencies, and I was called into a meeting. I was brought into a meeting with a creative agency, which I won't name, um, that was tasked with coming up with all of the creative around this new phone, which is codenamed Pink. Pink. Oh, that's right. Codename Pink. Yeah. Uh, GeekWire talked about it. It was... Um, Microsoft has this big new thing. Big new thing. Um, and Pink was... Uh, which ultimately was released into the market as Kin. One, Kin 1 and Kin 2 were two phones that were... Uh, they were supposed to be highly social. They were kind of like... Sort of like the Sidekick, which was on the market for a hot second. That a Nokia, thing? I think uh, I can't remember who did Sidekick. It might have been Motorola.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it was.
2: Um, and so there's the Kin One and Kin Two, and one of them was more like normal phone shape, like oblong, kind of kind of rounded, very round round form factor. But there was the oblong one, which was like kind of I think it was like a hundred bucks, and then there was the turtle shell one, which was more square. Mm. I think that was eighty bucks. The thing about these was. They didn't do a whole lot. They were very plugged into social like they were came preloaded with Facebook, a uh, Facebook app, but it was all bespoke. So you couldn't you couldn't download apps onto it. You couldn't really customize it very much and it was like kind of a weird hybrid of the OS. I know this is getting super geeky so yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll back off. But anyway, they were these highly so- social phones. They were marketed at young people, but at the price point that they were selling them at, and at the they, and you had to have a data plan with it. It was just not economically sustainable. Mm. And they were and so I took part in this like crazy like brainstorming session called an ideation session where we like came up with. Did whole, you
1: imagineer things? We
2: imagineered the shit out of it um and we came up with all these you know sort of ideas that were supposed to like breed other ideas about how to market to young people and i remember being sort of in the moment taken in by it because you know like the people from the creative agency like made you feel like they were definitely like the cool kids Mm. and you know you made you feel like oh yeah i'm gonna be like on the cusp of this like super cool marketing strategy and like it made you think like maybe i'm gonna work on the next iphone or whatever you know and then the thing comes out and like in a hot minute, it was off the shelves. Like they, I think they sold like a record low. I think they sold like less than a thousand to actual consumers. You could
1: actually hear people in the hallways of Microsoft saying, "Why can't you be more like Zune?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was kind of just a fun. I mean, it was it was a total failure, um, and and honestly, probably like the low point, the nadir of uh, Microsoft's foray into into you know actual cell phones uh, or mobile devices
1: so you pulled a commercial here and this was actually uploaded by consumer reports back in 2010 so you're right it's 2010 do you mind if i read the description as consumer reports wrote it it. Uh, it's kind of a spoiler i have not seen this commercial yet by the way i don't think I've ever seen a to see the commercial commercial.
2: is I can describe it but it's just a song so it would be just a a narrative of describing what we're hearing um
1: but I want to read I think this is interesting consumer reports in their description of this Microsoft is promoting its new kin cell phones aimed at socially networked young people with an ad that we think comes uncomfortably close to encouraging sexting that (laughs) is sending nude photos (laughs) via cell phone I love uh only six years ago we had to explain what sexting was so I'm going to hit play on this and then i'll let you just take it from there i haven't seen this so i'm no help oh this song
2: so you'll recognize this song it was a huge hit and what you're seeing is just a bunch of super gorgeous cool young people hanging out at kind of a like a small like living room style concert with uh whoever does this song i uh,
1: I wish i'd known I I, i could yeah i can't remember
2: um they're you know they're all hipstered out and they're vintage clothes and they're using their fun kins to like send messages and text each other and check Facebook and everybody's having a great fun party. They got animal heads on. It's a wild party. And then there's one oh. picture where uh, this is—I I think Consumer Reports got its panties in a wad for no reason. Uh, a guy takes a picture of his belly under his shirt and texts it to a girl and she gets it and laughs.
1: But it does kind of like When you see him, he's pulling his shirt out. He's basically making the same kind of... If you saw him from afar, you would assume that he was taking a dick pic, sort of. Only he's kind of pulling his shirt out more than his pants. It's clear that
2: he's shooting his belly, not his crotch.
1: But I think what Consumer Reports is is saying is it's the implication. Wow. He's putting a phone underneath his clothes... Sorry, Grandpa. ...to take a photo. I'm not saying I have a problem with it, but I understand why. I mean, I think that... Micro, or consumer reports thinks that that's kind of a dog whistle.
2: I think Ken had enough problems without implying that they should, that this was for sexting.
1: Seems weird to me then just to include that.
2: I think it's, I, what I suspect they did was have the, what I, whatever the name of that band is. Um, uh, I think they probably had them do a real show
1: Edward Sharp. Oh,
2: Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeroes. I think they had Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeroes do a real kind of living room show, and a bunch of beautiful young people like hang out and party and play around with the phones. And they probably told them like, "Go nuts, have fun." We're you just think gonna...
1: that that wasn't scripted? That guy taking that that no. shot?
2: No, I think they probably had some guidance on what like some things that they should do during huh. the during the thing. Maybe. Like, make sure we see you texting. Make sure we see you checking Facebook. Uh, And probably some of this was very scripted, but there's enough going on there that it was just like, clearly they were told to like improvise.
1: I can't believe that that song is six years old. I mean, that's not really what we're here to talk about. Um, <laughs> so
2: that's the story of Kin. Which so that's the story no, of probably Kin. Probably nobody listening Sorry. to this will ever remember. Sorry
1: about the awkward pause there, by the way. I was just doing, I wanted to see if anybody else had written anything else about the Edward Sharp Kin commercial to see if it was. Uh, I guess you would know if it was a bigger flap about it uh, being close to sexting, but I don't see anything. You know, it's funny.
2: I was fairly close to that whole thing, and I don't remember the sexting thing rising to the level of being one of the issues. The issues were sales.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so we have some other things here. Well, we hit on the Zoom. I'm just going to play a little bit of this commercial for you, Vives, because it's bonkers. There's there's once again, this is a commercial. Boy, all these tech things like it's all music. It's a bunch of images and no uh, use your Tech companies. But um, Microsoft's doing at least one of these commercials. I have two here is called Academy of Dreams. I think they're both called Academy of Dreams as a kind of a concept. For those who
2: are uh, who don't remember, the oh, Zune yeah. was a competitor to the iPod. It was just a music right.
1: MP3 player. Now that you know that, rewind a little bit, re-listen to my Zune joke from a few minutes ago, and you'll understand why it was a genius joke. So these Zune commercials I found, I don't remember them at all. Like I doubt, I have I doubt no they idea made it they off aired, the internet. But they are just super surreal. So this begins, this is a, Again, called Academy of Dreams. It starts with some guy. He's sitting on public transportation. High five again for public transpo. Um, and he pulls out his zoom. He's putting in his earphones, I think. And I think the idea is it transports you to another world. Just, I just want you to see this, Veeves. It's bonk. You try to describe what you're seeing. He's getting sucked into the zune, right?
2: Yeah, it's almost like um, it's almost like an '80s new wave video where he he goes into a dream world uh, inside his zune and it's very surreal uh, he's he's floating around in a hallway and it's just it's just a dreamlike uh, environment where nothing is real
1: and there's another one with a young woman like now he's going through like a uh, some sort of a gallery where people are coming out of the coming out of the paintings but now like it looks dimensions like a, don't like
2: wor- a downmarket michel gondry movie. i was
1: just about to say it this kind of reminds me a little bit of uh um, spotless mind yeah What's the full name of that movie? Uh,
2: Eternal Sunshine. (laughs)
1: Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, And, of course, a bunch of young people just doing wacky things in a surreal world. And so I guess the idea is the Zune um, just kind of uh, takes you away. God,
2: that form factor looks so clunky now.
1: Does it? See, I was going to say, I'd never had a Zune, but I actually kind of like the clunkiness of it. I I think... um, well, I you, kind saw, of missed you saw a these-
2: first-generation iPod in our friend's house the other day I and flipped, flipped out.
1: out. First-generation meaning it had the four buttons yeah. above the wheels, guys. Ah, oh, crazy. Uh, anyway, so good. Uh, let's do away with that. We don't have too much time here, Veeves. Um, can we talk about the Arch
2: Deluxe. I really yeah. Want.
1: Do you want to make that the want to go out make on that, that the one? Last one? Okay, yeah. sounds good. You take this one because I have uh, I'm not up to speed on it.
2: Okay, um, can you play it for me?
1: Yeah, you want to start by uh, taking a look at this thing.
2: Sure. So what you're seeing is uh, it opens on. Um, in a big kitchen like a big test kitchen and they put the the word Andrew Salvaggio comes up and you see it's a chef and he has like the you know the tall chef hat on and he's going to explain to you about this new burger from McDonald's called the Arch Deluxe and the whole thing about the Arch Deluxe was that it was meant to be like a grown-up burger from McDonald's and at the um, princely price point in those days of two ninety nine, uh,
1: um, Almost like I said to you when we were talking about this the other day it's almost like a harbinger of what we now call fast casual a little bit. Right. Trying to broaden their market not be like yeah, uh, you know, you, associating McDonald's with just garbage food I'm on a road right. trip I'm in between things. They I'm gonna were grab trying button, to like, pivot make it.
2: towards more like, a, you know, like what would now be like a, like a Five Guys or something.
1: Right, right. So this is 1996 by the way I just looked it up. Um,
2: so why don't you hit play because I think the voiceover does a lot of the work here. here.
1: Andrew Salvaggio, McDonald's executive chef, food enthusiast, and the man who actually created the Arch Deluxe. The
2: best ingredients are just the start of a great burger. Crisp leaves of iceberg lettuce. The stone ground mustard sauce. Mmm. The
0: soft comforting (laughs) potato roll. I'm in the zone. All layered together in one symphony of taste. I made it. Whoa, yeah, it got cut, cut off. It the got uh, cut
2: off. I think a lot of these are like, you know, Jam-town. kind
1: of, kind of bootleg. When he goes, hmm, he's making the weirdest fixes. I'm telling cut you, I honestly have strangely. to ask
2: myself if this product failed because that spokesperson was
1: so off putting. So weird. It's funny, though. That was the first time I've seen that. We still, that is still what. Uh, I mean, that was 1996. This is 2016. I feel like this is ahead of its time because every fast food commercial now, like every Papa John's commercial is all about fresh ingredients and everything. It's not, fast food is not garbage food anymore. I mean, it is, but- The the, the
2: government hadn't done a lot of the work that uh, that has since done, which is to tell you how terrible fast food is for you. And by the way, not that like, this wasn't equally terrible for you, but I think they had, had the perception of being, like, more quality ingredients, you know, more vegetables and stuff. Um, one interesting detail about that ad is that it was made by a guy named Daniel Duchovny. And I was like, Daniel huh. Duchovny? I only know one other Duchovny. So I looked it up. Daniel Duchovny is David Duchovny's brother, older brother. And there is a hilarious... I will post it. We don't have to play it, but I'll play. I'll post it to the website Uh, There is a hilarious video of Daniel Duchovny, who looks like sort of a, like, uglier, like a way uglier David Duchovny. Really? um, Being interviewed about his brother's success, intercut with interviews with David Duchovny about his own stardom. And Daniel Duchovny was the older brother. He was a fairly successful commercial director. By almost any measure, he would be the most successful person in your family. Mm Mm-hmm. And then David Duchovny hits it really big with X-Files and becomes a household name. And Daniel Duchovny very unabashedly interviews, gives an interview about how he really resented it and basically still does. And he has to remind himself that at least he's not a bus driver or a plumber because he's still very successful. Yeah, it's very unpleasant. And then you intercut with David Duchovny giving these interviews saying like, yeah, you know, I didn't set out to become a star. I wanted to be an actor. And when I want someone to empathize with me or or see me as a person, I just don't go to my brother. Oh, wow. it's really raw. Wow, yeah.
1: that's really sad. So I went
2: down a real rabbit hole uh, on this, but it was uh, it was very fun.
1: See, I, I had a little bit of those feelings when you you know when your podcast star started to rise with grapes of wrath and everything <laughs> like that. I was kind of like, I'm the podcaster in this family, Vives, This is not on topic it's an aside we're running along i need to talk to the people about this this is a complaint that you and i have i don't know what show it fits in Uh look down on the screen is it oh can i get into this
2: uh sure but we have to skip commercials in the news
1: okay never mind we're we're gonna figure out another way to talk about a huge pet peeve we have with a new uh Domino's commercial. And we were kind of hinting at it. We'll do a it. G
2: we'll do a cheese and cheese. We'll okay, talk about yeah,
1: because we're kind of hitting at it a little bit with some of that fresh talk, but there is something that they are doing that is so wrong. maybe we'll, maybe cheese and cheese next week give people enough time to get in their um what are we looking for, suggestions um, for? Commercials
2: that worked on commercials you. Commercials
1: that worked on you. Uh, okay, so then, is that where we're leaving things? With Oh, no, you wanted one. I mean, do you want to get into the, your Arch Deluxe uh, footnote here?
2: Oh, yeah, this is kind of funny. I posted this to the Facebook group page, so some of you may have already seen this. But um, in doing some research on the Arch Deluxe, I was trying to see... If anybody at Adweek or Ad Age had talked about the ad campaigns mm-hmm. back in the day, and what I found instead was an op-ed by uh, Ad A Advertising Age editor in chief Rance Crane, um, who is still identified as the as the editor in chief. I, I don't know if he still hmm. is to this day. He was then, I think. Um, and the headline was "Think of Clinton as Arch Deluxe." And so, so this was
1: written back in ninety six. In, in ninety
2: six, this, this is Bill when Bill Clinton. Clinton was running against Bob Dole, um, and already was sort of mired in some sex scandals and stuff. Um, or I guess would have. I guess it would have been his second term because mm-hmm. he yeah. ran against uh, Bush one the first time. So he's you know this is in the running for his second term. He's mired in sex scandals. Um, and this Rance Crane is not a fan. And so the the thing to know... All
1: Rances hate Clintons. I
2: guess so. Uh, so uh, Rance Crane was not a fan. And the thing to know about the Arch Deluxe uh, in, in the market it, at that time was that it apparently actually boosted Burger King sales by comparison because Burger King went the opposite direction. Instead of doing like a fancy, more expensive and uh, like more like quality ingredients burger. They just lowered the price of the Whopper to 99 cents. So they literally ate McDonald's lunch.
1: That's interesting.
2: So that's the background against which Rance Crane is saying, um, at what point do all the allegations against President Clinton and his wife, which just cracks me up so much, yeah. his wife, and his wife finally begin to penetrate the minds of the electorate? Mark my words, there is such a point, And when it comes, voters will view anything he does with skepticism and disbelief. That's why I think Bob Dole, as lackluster as his campaign seems so far, will become the next president. Uh, and that's discounting the possibility that Colin Powell will be his running mate.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Jack
2: Kemp. Uh, And he goes on to say, that's a good strategy. I think it's enough to define yourself as the opposite of the other guy, especially if the other guy, whether a brand or a person, has fatal flaws. Think of McDonald's as President Clinton uh, and Burger King as Mr. Dole. McDonald's has shot itself in the foot with its launch of the Arch Deluxe and Burger King is taking full advantage of it.
1: Wow. So that is what we I call love the- faint praise, Dole. You're a 99 cent whopper. That's
2: right. Isn't that oh, great? Oh my and God. And I just love looking back 20 years later, like in the current c- political climate, like where we are now.
1: Yeah. I feel like we've done a lot of that, um, not just with politics this show, but just kind of like really looking at how either the world has changed or things were a- ahead of its time a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see what's going on in the news.
0: Commercials in the news.
1: All right. I know I'm the one who said I was not going to bring up Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore on this show. Here is why. When they first started this, you know, swapping out the kernels every two minutes thing, we thought it was fascinating. We thought it was mysterious. We talked about it to death. After a while, it became clear that we were playing right into their hands. That's what they wanted. Everybody, I mean, I know their marketing, that's the whole point. But I just started to really feel, not bamboozled, but like I just fell into their net. And I'm like, I, we've given them enough coverage. But somebody put, posted something on our I Facebook group. I think it was Taylor. Was it? I think it was listener Taylor. Yeah, Was she the one who said, I love that this show basically has an unofficial KFC news desk now? <laughs> Somebody wrote that, and I was like, you know what? That's right. Let's just embrace it, because there is new Colonel Sanders news, and it is because there is a new Colonel Sanders uh, out there in, in the advertising world, sort of. And it's kind of inspired. Quick review. And by the way, I have now created the definitive list of Colonel Sanders's because I couldn't find one online. So tell me if I'm missing any here, folks. You can email in Daryl Hammond. Was the first new colonel? Mm-hmm. Then, apparently, as a surprise to him, they yeah. swapped him out pretty quickly with Norm McDonald. That became very wink, wink, nudge, nudgy. Jim Gaffigan replaces Norm McDonald.
2: Has has weird, awkward confrontation with Daryl Hammond about it. That's right on the, radio. on the
1: radio. We played that. Still, some of the best work we ever did playing somebody else's radio show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, uh, then they start pulling these like one-off colonels who like are advertising just specific things. There was like the new crispy chicken, so they got actor George Hamilton to play the crispy colonel. We now have Rob Riggle in these uh, NFL-themed commercials. I'm going to play one in a little bit. They're really funny. I, I think that's what kind of got me too. That Rob Riggle, I one do like, that and I'm I like play, Rob Riggle. It really got me. And now this is the news this week that a lot of you folks have been uh, sending us is the newest colonel, or. One of the newest kernels, because it seems like they 're not linear no. there 's just a bunch of kernels out there now
2: uh, it 's chaos kernels
1: cha- <laughs> Colonel finds a way uh, <laughs> Vincent I, I think i 'm saying his name correctly. Yeah, so. uh, people who watch Mad Men will know him as Pete Campbell, um, but he hasn 't actually fully appeared in a commercial yet. This is advertising something called um, I think it's Nashville hot chicken. It's a new kind of, you know, KFC chicken, Nashville hot chicken. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to call him Pete Campbell. Cause that's how I know sure. of him. Pete Campbell is supposed to be playing this like heartthrob kind of a uh, rockabilly guy. And have you seen this commercial that no. he sort of appears? And so we've seen a bunch of publicity shots of him now. Yeah. I saw it, those. He's unrecognizable as Pete Campbell, I think. Um, he is his hair is all dyed silver, you know, like like the Colonel. But then it's uh it's kind of got that that twisty curl thing in front, like a yeah. like a rockabilly rocker. He's got these big clunky black glasses, like Ira Glass glasses on, and they're calling him the newest like hunky Colonel Sanders. One thing I want to mention about this is this is just my opinion, and this is totally uh, judgment free. But it's funny that they're using the word hunk. I saw that in a bunch of places because I. This is going to make no sense because I know it is a man playing a man role or a male role. Mm -hmm. But there's something that seems so gender bendy about this to me. I keep thinking it's a woman playing Colonel Sanders, even though he has this small little mustache and these tiny little sideburns.
2: The wig makes it look a little draggy. The wig
1: and the way his face is very and he's got these bright blue eyes and the face is very, very feminine and almost powdery, very fair and powdery, you know and very I, soft. You and know, what I, I think keep is thinking that it's a woman playing the colonel.
2: I think that the effect is having on you is that a the wig is super wiggy. Um, it's definitely not dyed hair. I mean, he's wearing a wig. Mm um and also we're used to seeing the colonel as an older man and so seeing this very young and and he's even shot in a way that makes his skin look very flawless
1: very just uh and almost
2: like i I don't know what the effects soft
1: light a photographer can tell
2: us what's creating that effect but he has very very soft matte lighting on his face so his face and very
1: photoshopped i might add too it almost looks like a painting
2: so his skin and face look very young And I think juxtaposed with the gray beard and mustache and white hair wig, it just looks like drag. I mean, it reads as drag.
1: It looks very draggy to me, which I kind of like. As a matter of fact, they need to do that. When are they going to have the first woman colonel? You know, like, that would be pretty cool. Um, So the commercial that he appears in, he doesn't really appear in at all. It is supposed to be, I guess, 19, let's say 1950. 50s here, late 1950s, and there's a schoolgirl on her bed listening to records and eating this new, uh, new style Nashville uh, chicken, and she's staring at a record cover, like a vinyl record cover, and he is on the cover as this rockabilly star. That's his only role in this whole ad. Is him? We see his picture on a record cover, and the commercial itself, I actually don't like um she, this girl's on the bed eating the chicken and then the father her father comes in and starts yelling at her it's kind of like supposed to be like you're listening to that rock and roll and mm-hmm. it doesn't belong in our house but instead they're talking about chicken and the whole it's very confused here right. to go listen it's
0: so it's so what is this it's kfc spicy smoky crispy nashville hot chicken tenders they're back And I love them. Nashville Hot is chicken blasphemy. No, it's
2: not, Daddy. I'm young and I need to try new things. You should,
0: too.
1: He takes a bite. Oh, no! KFC I don't even know what his reaction <laughs> means. He takes a bite and he screams, "Oh no!" and runs from the room. I don't know if that means. I think he's he been seduced
2: it. by the chicken blasphemy. Uh, I, I, guess so. I just think the chicken uh, that actually works for me pretty well. I mean, it's it's very like John Waters-y. The whole thing's yeah, got a real John Waters right. feel.
1: And the way that actually it, it won me. I only watched it once before. It's right before we hit play on the show, and I didn't like it at all. On second viewing, I like it more. I do like the. Um, the little subtle things the father's doing kind of hitching up his pants and stuff like that. It's actually not a bad performance. Uh, we got to move on, but just while we're, while I've been seduced, while I've been pulled back into this kernel conversation, which by the way, I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm go I'm along for the ride now. I'm fine. I'm back on board. I no longer feel like I've been, I feel like I know what I'm doing before I was seduced. Into it, and then I felt right. had. But now I know what the game is, and I'm choosing to play along. Okay, um, I want to share this Rob Riggle commercial. His. Colonel You is, wear the chicken. <laughs> you wear the chicken long enough <laughs> in sticks. Um The chicken doesn't wear you. <laughs> I uh so all of Rob Riggle's Colonel Sanders commercials are tied to the the NFL season. And um there's various ones with him in a locker room or doing goofy things. In this one, he is talking to a football team. As the commercial goes on, you realize oh, these are a bunch of like <laughs> they're just like some of them are average Joes, some of them are... At first you just see young football players, and then you realize, oh, some of these people are just like really old men. It's just a motley crew of football players, and you realize this isn't a real football team. I want to mention in the background, there's nothing but mannequins in the bleachers, just like scattered about.
0: They say the Kentucky Buckets aren't a real football team. No, man. They say that we're just a cheap marketing gimmick that I made up to sell buckets of my delicious chicken to football fans. They say that our uniforms are too sexy. That our fans are nothing but manic Who said it? I say they're wrong. Now get out there and let's do this photo shoot for the KFC $20 pillow. Now available with extra crispy tenders. Perfect
1: for game day.
0: It's finger licking good.
1: Pretty good, right? Yeah. I love the Red concept. Rob Riggle's a talented comedian. Yeah. I really like that one. So, um, okay. So that's uh, that's it. That's your commercials in the news. Are we uh, ready to leave that Leave that there and move on? Check on the yeah, old Yeah, let's, let's do Ad
2: Council and Record Time, and we'll get
1: these folks out of here. Okay, let's do it. Everybody's talking
0: at me.
1: I don't hear what they're saying. Again. Only five minutes over, by the way, right now. Okay. An hour and five. All right, what do we got in the ad council? Well,
2: the first, uh, our first ad council feedback is from listener Glenn, and this is in response to uh, the show we did where pop- about popular songs that became iconic because of commercials. Or, as we learned, there are a few cases where uh, a, a song was uh, created for a commercial, but then became an right. iconic song. Yeah, yeah. This is a great that one. That's a that, Jeep one, right? Uh, there was the Jeep one. There was the one that uh, listener Josh sent us about. Oh, right. Uh, with. Uh, uh, what they what have you done to my cereal or what? Uh, look what you've done to my song. Um, so this is uh, in 1970, and this is a real this was a real shock to me. Uh, California's Crocker National Bank, styled as the Crocker Bank, aired a commercial entitled "Wedding," produced by Hal Reiney and Partners. Uh, the audio was sung by a uh, song by Roger Nichols and Paul Williams, and commissioned for the sixty second spot and just play this song and, and what you're what you're seeing is um like all these shots of a wedding kind of you know a montage of a wedding and it ends with a couple in a car driving off into the sunset um and this is, this
1: is from 1970 from so 1970. it's a very old kind of uh, So see if you recognize feel. this song
2: okay. it was created for this commercial
1: Wasn't created for this commercial, The Carpenters.
2: I, that's what that's what uh, Listener Glenn says. I actually have to admit I did not do the research, what? but no this way. became a huge hit, obviously for The Carpenters, and um, it was a it's a staple of wedding music.
1: I'm gonna do a real quick lookup. Right, you this. don't believe
2: you don't believe Listener Glenn?
1: Well, I just think that everybody could use a um, everybody can can use an editor, right? Uh, let's see here. If I type in this into the Google machine. Here's what Wikipedia says. We've only just begun as a hit single by the Carpenters, uh, written by Roger Nichols and Paul Williams. Um, Let's see here. It is frequently used as a wedding song. The song was originally recorded by Smokey Roberts. Uh, under the name Freddie Allen, it debuted in a wedding-themed television commercial for Crocker, for Crocker Bank. National Bank in listener Glenn California. Andrew. owes you an apology? I don't know anybody. Apology? Don't you want he did everybody? Not believe you? I want everybody to do their due diligence. That's all. So that's really fascinating, mind blowing, right? Yeah, it is. Oh, why, did, it's, why?
2: It's not quite on the order of uh, the Doors song Revelation, oh God, but it's yes. close.
1: What does he say at the end of that again? That blew my mind, um, and now I've already forgotten it
2: uh stronger than, yes. stronger than dirt
1: stronger than dirt stronger oh, than dirt still blows my mind every time all right what else we got
2: all right this is from listener holly um and we t- we talked some S about antonio brown in our last in our show about football commercial football uh players and their acting abilities i said he wasn't a very good actor um but she says maybe this redeems him a little bit uh so why don't you give this one a play
1: oh this i'm is- seeing the opening and- shot i've seen this before this is an espn commercial and listener
2: holly I will say I'm sure that he does redeem himself in this a little bit, but he is working at a huge advantage in that the ESPN commercials for themselves are amazing.
1: These SportsCenter ads, Sports I'd love Center, to yeah. do a, a deep dive on these sometime because I'm They're sure so probably the casual listener of the show knows more about it than than we do because you and I don't watch much ESPN. But this has been such a long-running promotional campaign for them. I mean, well over a decade now, right? A decade's? do you think? 20 years know. of these and they all take place. In the ESPN, you know, headquarters in Connecticut, With all these athletes like,
2: in their uniforms.
1: Yeah, and I, you remember my um, my big ESPN feeling moment when I was working at Cairo Radio, this commercial radio station. But the seven ten ESPN radio station is housed in the same place. And one day, I'm just like, after my show gets off the air, it's noon. I'm sitting at my desk doing whatever producer stuff I'm doing, and all of a sudden, the Mariner Moose, the mascot for our professional baseball team, just like strolls through the uh, strolls through Total the whole newsroom, and then just like kind of walks and like. Like shakes some hands and then walks in the back to the sports pit, and uh, I was just like, "I am in a sports center commercial." So in this one, we see that Antonio Brown is uh, answering. He's dressed, by the way, in his in his uh, Steelers gear, as if it's game day, and uh, he is the receptionist. And he's taking phone calls.
0: No, thank you very much. Okay, bye bye. Eighth reception today.
1: You mean phone call? Yesterday, I had one hundred
0: and nine <laughs> receptions few more I could have broken the record what record their phone calls I'm sorry is this the reception desk or the phone call desk reception desk thank you excuse me ESPN Antonio speaking
1: hold on I put you right through all day <laughs> <laughs> and then he takes a sip of his soda while he's making eye contact he
2: redeems himself
1: somewhat it's really good but I
2: will say that is like 75% writing
1: it's really good though
2: Oh, and she says. That delivery
1: of all that, you're going to take that away from him? No,
2: no, he can have it. He can have that. (laughs) Um, one uh, one other note from Holly, and I think a couple of other listeners said this on the Facebook group. Um, I was thinking of Troy Polamalu when I was talking about the NFL player famous for his long flowing hair. Right, I just right, couldn't come yeah. up with Polamalu.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So is that what we have for feedback? Because we do have a little bit of business, or do you have some more to get to get through here? Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, we got uh, from listener Carolyn. Uh, this we talked a little bit about diversity in the last episode, and oh, that yeah. those companies like General Mills for. Uh, uh, was a Verizon a handful of large companies were putting pressure on their ad agencies to diversify their both their ad campaigns and also their the staff on their ad agencies
1: specifically the staffs of the, the firms that they hire right
2: yeah. uh, and we I took exception to one company dictating to another company what the uh, what their diversity levels would be not because I don't think diversity is important but because it's easy to outsource that. Um, so we, I heard from a few folks about whether or not those companies actually are diverse, the ones that were kind of making the ultimatums. This is from listener Carolyn. She says, got to defend my hometown company. General Mills walks the walk. And she sent a, an article from diversityinc.com, uh, which does a 50, a 50 most diverse or sort of uh, most walking, most most uh, care, uh, taking care of diversity issues at their company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and General Mills was listed as number 40 out of 50. Um, And she mentioned some other Minnesota headquartered groups, including Target, which is ranked at number 22, um, and Medtronic, which is number 50. So it sounds like uh, Minnesota is not the worst place. So
1: in other words, you saying, hey, listen, General Mills, why don't you clean up your own house first? I just said,
2: I'd like to know. And I thank you, listener Mm Carolyn, for telling me. Uh, one one more and then we'll we'll get out of here um, this is from listener Randy he says on the again on the topic of diversity mandated by corporate white bread and marshmallow tinted suit-wearing dudes uh, i must admit that i worked at arguably the biggest advertising agency in new york city and i was surrounded by women who are not just white and tons of fellow gay men Every creative director and project manager I worked with was female. I worked exclusively with women art directors across the racial spectrum. So I think the top sausage-making ad outfits are actually already on team diversity. Uh, he says, I respect your point that it's basically impossible to snap one's fingers and suddenly create a rainbow coalition workforce. Um, He says, I think that a lot of agencies already get that minorities or, or whatever are completely adept at selling to white blokes and maybe more importantly, beyond. Um, and, uh, Randy closes with finally, I'm going to join the Facebook group because of the hotness issue. We talked about who do you have crushes on? Mm -hmm. Uh, there was no mention of the Travago dude. What? I also note that Travago has multiple iterations of this guy pontificating in front of a plain white background in other countries. Uh, no matter what actor is speaking, whatever language he's always hot. Some genis- in some je ne sais quoi way, he's so dreamy. So this is one that um, I've
1: never even heard of Travago.
2: Well, they're like a they're like a Travelocity, mm. uh, Expedia type of company. You know, just find your vacation. So once you hit play on this Tim Williams Travago guy, oh, yeah, look it's at Tim him. Tim Williams is hot. Yeah, Tim, Randy, n- agree.
1: His uh, he doesn't button his shirt all the way to the top. Let's he doesn't that need way. to. Have you ever looked for a hotel online? Did you notice that there's so many prices out there for the exact
0: same room? vago does the work for you and instantly compares prices for over six
1: hundred thousand hotels from over one hundred. Oh, he's actually unbuttoning more so buttons as he talks. Much.
2: Much.
1: It's just deep. Deep. But the my, way he's I kind of his the the, the the vibe he's putting out there, I wouldn't have been totally surprised. Like he's very casual, very sexy. sexy a little bit, but a little bit older. Yeah, older like guy I'll,
2: into the sort of like dad age, but like hot dad, which is
1: really getting into your kind of that's thing lately. That's your demo these days. Um, all right, so before we get out of here, though, I do, we, need to talk about, um, we need to talk about our Facebook Live plan this weekend. I can't put it off anymore. I'm super nervous about it, but we're going to do it. We're going live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Saturday... This coming Saturday, what date of the what day, what is the date of the fifteenth of October? One PM Pacific, four PM Eastern. Not going to do it for the Central or Mountain time zones. Uh, go to the after these messages group. That's the new group. And uh, if you're not already a member, just sign up this week, and we'll uh, we'll accept you as a member of the group. And. Um,
2: Yeah, if you want to feel accepted, this is a super easy way to do it. It
1: is. There's nobody. I was thinking it would be funny, though, because every day I get like, you know, so-and-so wants to be a member of the group. I thought it would be fun just to pick one person and not accept them. Just to like kind of like flex that muscle, right? We'll see. Exclusivity thing. (laughs) Uh, We are going to record one hour of television at some random time on our TiVo. We're going to sit down in front of the TV and just watch the commercial breaks that appeared in that hour. So I'm guessing somewhere between four to six commercial breaks, depending on the channel. Vives, you and I off air have still not settled on like what hour of TV. It should be something that we do Let's make that our homework assignment tonight. I would say let's just make it up. Or I, I keep on saying oh, okay, you want to do it? No, I think we should let people know right now what the hour is going to be. But we don't know. But we can just choose something right now. We can just say...
2: No, I don't want to do that. I want to give ourselves some options.
1: All right. Not a very good narrative. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right. Remind us uh, where people can find us. Eve.
2: You can find us at the new Facebook group, soon to be the only Facebook destination for your favorite podcast about commercials. Um, we are after these messages group on Facebook. Uh, our email remains the same as after these messages show at Gmail. And our voicemail remains the same, which is 607-444-5597. I'm
1: going to repeat that one more time. Cause I would love to hear more voicemail. 607 444 Five five nine seven. That spells. I don't think that spells anything. I don't so think it spells anything. Just use the numbers that don't spell anything. All right, everybody, enjoy your evening. We'll talk to you this Saturday, one p.m. Pacific time. I'm
0: nervous. Cool man. Ice cream. Scooping You can't sell anything.